Yes, welcome back on the Night I Go Back podcast about movie, TV, and best friends. I'm Ben. I'm Higgins. Yeah, you are. It's so good to see you again. Uh, just one short week after, actually less than one short week after the last time we recorded, right? Yeah, we recorded on Super Bowl Sunday. And this is a uh, super is cool Saturday that we're recording cool on, which Saturday. is the Saturday after Super Bowl Sunday. Snowqual Saturday is what they call it. That's what they call it up north. Yeah, that's true. There was a big snowqual today. So you guys got snow? Because I know it's been all over the place up there. Yeah, it was like a, whatever whatever defines a qual, where it was like a sudden, like, five-minute blackout of snow or 10-minute blackout of snow we got, and then they, like, just came and went. <laughs> like uh, Like DJ qual. DJ Qual, yeah. Actually, that's what, they, that's what they name it. The <laughs> I was looking at movies to download for my next fucking flight, and uh, what's the one with the new the new guy with him? New guy. That was that's an underrated funny movie. So okay, so I saw that, and it was like recommended because you like like you know movies that we like, and so yeah. I looked it up because I, I remember that movie. I've never seen it, but I remember that movie coming out, and I looked it up, and it has like a seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, you have to see it if you haven't seen it. Well, if you haven't seen it, you might not. It's because it, I, I would venture to guess it does not hold up well. Because oh, I'm sure it, was, it doesn't. It, it was made in like that that two that era of like two between like two thousand and one and like two thousand and four, where everything was just be as over the top like racial like gross out comedy. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Gro- yeah. Gross out might be like too strong of a word, but yeah, it was just not not filtered comedy. Yeah, and you're um, talking about like the the stuff that the the movies like that fall into back then, which is like homophobe, like latent homophobia and sexism. Right, just like and, every stereotypical like. Right, we've definitely covered that. Though. You know, as lovers yeah. of those, as famous yeah, lovers. I'm not, and I think it it's it's funny for what it was at the time, but it's definitely I can't imagine it held. It does it not hold, hold up, no, to the modern sensibilities. So I feel like I feel like part of the storyline where he's like borderline pretending to be not pretending to be gay but like he's like bored he's like friend zoned with like the really hot chick and like she takes him into like the dressing room with her to like try on outfits and stuff like that so like i feel like there's that like i feel like there's a lot of homophobic references yeah so it's also i remember being like really funny yeah oh maybe maybe i'll give it a shot maybe i'll give it a shot i uh it seems like it might be good light airplane viewing. Um, oh yeah, if you're if just watching on an airplane, it's perfect. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, so so yeah, so we're back. We are back. Uh, I'm really excited to say that we are finally gonna have Jeremy back on the show later today. Uh, shout out Jeremy. Shout out Jeremy. And this is gonna be an opportunity to to squash the uh, Kanye Pete Davidson style beef that you two have had going on for quite some time. Uh, yeah, unbeknownst to me, I guess this is where. Right. Well, you're at. above it all, right? I mean, you're totally. Yeah, I don't even know. I, don't, I have no idea what's going on. So you're, you're just like I, you're, you're on a whole other fucking plane. Whatever man. happens in those other group chats, I'm not made privy to, so I don't know what's going on. I've been so. told to deny that those group chats exist. Actually, I was uh, talked to by the powers. First of- rule of group chats is <laughs> there's don't, no group chats. You don't tell Higgins about group chat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So that's, that's not surprising. <laughs> so we will have Jeremy on. We got a couple of things to talk about with him, and it's just nice to have. Such a big fan of the show. Yeah, I need to, I need to, we need to talk about the movie that I was forced to watch for this fucking episode because my God. Hold your, hold. I don't even want to hear one, one thing about. I literally have like three notes about it. And one of them is just, one of them is just like 
Okay, well, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear okay. right now. Let's wait for Jeremy. Okay. We have plenty to talk about before Jeremy comes on. Yes. Uh, first of all, let's just do a quick uh, catch up. What was your week like? How was it good? I hope uh, it was good. It was good. I'm on good. vacation this this not this past week, but the week coming starting today. I'm on vacation for uh, February vacation. Ooh, kids. Uh, That's we're cool. Do, we got some day trips planned to to a couple of uh, venues. We were gonna go. We are going to New Hampshire to go see the ice castles, which Ooh. we might have to cancel because it's been unbelievably warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they sent an email out to me, not to me, but like to everybody. Higgins. Uh, just to <laughs> me. Yeah. You never believe it. Um, <laughs> being like, this is like last week. Because there was there was there was a there was a stretch last week where there was like sixty degree weather. And they're like, sorry for anybody who had tickets for these, like the next three days we're having to cancel because it's, you know, the ice is melting. Um, so keep you, really, we'll keep you posted. It's pretty, pretty, pretty bleak. Right. So I'm assuming <laughs> I'm going to get the same email next week because it's we're been. going, we're, our tickets are for Wednesday. Okay. And I think Monday and Tuesday, or at least Tuesday is supposed to be like 58 degrees. So it's going to be pretty warm for for the ice to, to to stay structurally sound while they let people walk inside it. Speaking so, which, speaking of sound, uh, sounds like someone needs to change their uh, yeah, smoke. Detector. I don't. I have two smoke detectors down here. No big, no big deal. Okay, so um, new. new <laughs> that's humble brag. Both, a little humble brag. Yeah, and they're both. Then I don't know where this beeping's coming from. So okay, playing. so new game for those of you listening. Every time you hear Higgins's uh, mystery beep, drink or yes. or whatever, whatever your chosen vice is. Um, yeah, don't that's, don't just like just yeah. I've I've gone crazy trying to find phantom beeps like that before, so I feel you. I have no idea where it's coming from. Yeah, I, I mean, think I don't even know if it's coming from here. I think it might be coming from upstairs, but I, it's pretty. I, I mean, if I can hear it, it's yeah, probably it's, it's probably down here. But the the smoke detector I'm looking at, I took the batteries out of for this for this is I thought it was that one, and it's not. And the other smoke detector in the other room. I checked before we started and it wasn't that. So I don't know where the fuck the beef's coming from. Uh, so you heard it here first. If you're looking to effectively burn down Higgins's house, this would yeah. be the time to start act in the, on that. Start in the basement. <laughs> um, uh, it's mostly asbestos anyway. So I mean, it's going to yeah. go straight Come up. on. I, I, mean, I don't know. I hope it's not asbestos. I've slept down there a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that explains your cough. Asbestos <laughs> uh, <laughs> lung. Got the black lung pop. Yeah. Uh, uh, but no, yeah, that's my week. <laughs> Just gonna be spending time with the family and the and the doing all sorts of day trips and stuff. So that sounds nice. It sounds like it's gonna be yeah. a nice week. Yeah, it's good times. Good it's too times. bad that I couldn't be there to join in. Yeah, I was saying that to um, my therapist. About, <laughs> you know, I wish Ben would be here for my family trip. Every time I look at the face of my children, I see his. <laughs> that's um, bleak. That is very bleak. That's way worse than global warming. Very <laughs> um, that's like your own personal global warming. It's happening yeah, in your house. I need my own Greta Thunberg to help me with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, so. so what's up with you? Nothing really. I have a big week planned as well. Uh, this is my travel week. So on Tuesday, I leave for Vegas for three days. And then I drive with some people from work from Vegas to San Diego. And I'm there through the following Tuesday, um, all for work stuff. Uh, Driving from Vegas to San Diego. How long is that? Uh, like four or five hours. With people? Yeah, with my boss and a coworker of mine. Um, who I, now, I, like, I like them both. Uh, who, who's driving? 
my boss is driving. He's a big car guy. So he, uh, okay. he was like, he, he was like, I booked us a great car. We're going to like reverse fear and loathing this shit, essentially, you know, like fear and loathing, so like drugs. <laughs> yeah. Like drugs no drugs. drugs. Like it's going to be complete, you know, no drugs, nothing else. And we're just going to be driving a car with a roof. Um, so it's kind so of, the opposite. does he know, are you prepared? Because you're as anybody who's taken a road trip with you knows avid stopper. Like I love to stop, love to stop, love to stop. And I don't know if that's a bladder thing or if it's just like a got to get out and stretch the legs thing. It's an all, it's all of those things. Definitely a yeah. bladder thing. Definitely. Like I, I just get like, I get like restless and I'm constantly yeah. drinking coffee and energy drinks, water and, and yeah, yeah. water and all sorts of shit. So like, I just constantly need to pee. I'm Are you prepared jittery. to, to stop this caravan as many times yes. as you need to? Okay. So I have a, I have a very good, um, a uh, personal relationship with my boss, or at least as good as you can, uh, someone who is your boss and you've only known for like less than a year, but like where like we we are compatible from like a social standpoint, I okay. think. Um, and then this other guy coming is like a peer. Like, I don't really care about it. I mean, he's cool. He's a cool dude, but I don't, you know, he's not someone shut I'm up, worried. Man. Shut up this guy. <laughs> shut, up, shut up, Jeff M. He, he's a cool dude, actually. I, I'm looking forward to spending time with these guys. Uh, it should be pretty fun. Uh, and you know, with the stuff I have to do is like work stuff. So it's like, whatever, but uh, Jamie's joining me in San Diego and it's, it's going to be our anniversary. So we got a, we have a reservation one of the nights at like a nice, a nice steakhouse seafood place. Um, oh, nice. Yep. So, so it'll Red be nice. Lobster. Yeah. Really nice place. You, you cannot believe these cheddar biscuits. <laughs> oh God. I can so go for one. I know you can't dude. I can see it on your face. I can see that look yeah. on your face. So, um, so yeah, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Lots of traveling, but like on, honestly, after these two trips, I don't have any more trips planned nice. um, i'll probably end up back in boston within the next mm, month Couple or months. two yeah mm-hmm. um but nothing dope. nothing on the nothing on the calendar right now so dope 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 um, it'll be nice because it's kind of the the end of like the last two months have just been non-stop travel for me essentially so it's it's it'll be nice to have that not be the case anymore mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah no so that's you know that'll start on tuesday and we've just been kicking it we did some thrifting today and jamie is currently in the garage restoring some nightstands um which is you know cool they're they're, they're starting yeah. she's getting there it's it's arduous work but she's she's chugging right along and uh yeah i uh yeah we were just shopping today now, you and, let her out to go to the bathroom and stuff or does she or does she have to work until everything's done <laughs> it's actually funny you say that she can freely use the bathroom yes oh, nice wow you really have mellowed out in, these, in, in your older years. Well, what can I say? You know, uh, <laughs> I just felt, you know, uh, being a control freak, it's not for me anymore. You know, I'm going to no, really let go. I'm um, glad. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we all have that to look forward to. I, yeah, that's what I mean. That's it. I mean, that's pretty much it, right? It's been, it's been a pretty, pretty low key week hanging out, doing my thing. Oh, one more thing I want to talk to you about before we do- dive into what have you been watching? Um, you and the family visited uh, a institution, a a, a regional oh. Massachusetts institution uh, yes. by the name of Border Cafe. We went last night. Yep, family trip, which is one of my start of vacation. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, one of my favorite places. Now we did talk a little bit about this, so I've been going to Border. Like, there were Border Cafes. I mean, there there was one in Harvard Square, which is the first one that I went to, and like the one I used to go to. That one, like, yeah, it's not that's not burned down or yeah. shut down yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and then there's one by you in what is that Saugus technically on route one. That is Saugus. Yes. Yep. And then there's one in Burlington, which is where yep. when Jamie and I lived in Newton, we would go to Burlington for, See, I don't like that one, but we'll get on, we'll get to that later. I think that one's okay. That one's okay. They, I mean, they do, they do different. So I'm, I'm a big tostada grande 
guy, the, the salad. The salad the, yep. uh, mm-hmm. And every time I've gone to the Burlington one, and I'm not, and I'm not exaggerating when I see this every time. So probably not, not often, maybe like five times that I've gone to the Burlington one, they haven't had the shell for the tostada grande. Oh, really? So they've just, if you, if you get the tostada grande, which really the only, the appeal to it is the fact that it is comes in like the shell. Yeah. It, it, they just give it to you in a bowl. <laughs> That's disappointing. So, yeah, Did you say something? Were you like, uh, there's something missing from this salad? Right. So it, I didn't, it's, I should have probably said something like the fifth time when I'm like, Hey, if, if I order this, is this going to come in the shell or the bowl? But I didn't. And it, it just never did. So yeah, well, it's uh, not great. So fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me right. twice. Shame on you. Fool, fool me, me five times. times. <laughs> fool me five times on that one's. Now you're that one's on the big guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, right. So we talked about this. So, so this has been a, a favorite restaurant of both of ours. We've, our families have broken bread there many times at the one in Saugus by your house. Um, it's just a really great place. It's like a, it's like a Mexican Cajun. Uh, it's like a, it's like a local institution, like border cafe deals in excess, right? You get these huge sodas that they just keep bringing to you. You get unlimited chips portions. The Porsches are huge. The prices are cheap. And you get in and out in like an hour. And they're fast like, too. It's like, yeah. it just is, is like a really, it's incredible how they do it. It's and a great place for like a family because there's, it's always busy. So it's never, yeah. you don't have to worry about like being, being that one table. And when right. I'm, my, I'm not like that. I, I actually hate families that are like super loud. <laughs> I like make sure my kids don't even. Speak. And you don't want to. Yeah, uh, totally. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. They allowed to talk. They're just not allowed to yell or, or breathe or laugh. Um, they have to go to if, if they want to go to the bathroom, they have to call. Uh, they have to call me. <laughs> right. um, and but if it's a great place for families though, because it's so loud and it's so busy that like you can just go in, kind of cause havoc. You're in and out in an hour, and then it's just like the turnover. So and it's fast. yeah, it's like a no frills place, big sturdy tables, chairs. Yeah. Like it's just like it's just a great place. And they're all yeah. kind. They were all kind of similar. I really miss the one in. Or I miss the one in. Uh, in Harvard square. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's really good stuff. And I had all sorts of stuff that I think is delicious there. I love the gumbo. Oh, the gumbo. The gumbo I, had the jambalaya. I had the jambalaya. Yep, love the jambalaya. Yeah. Uh, they, but, but so we were saying in the check in the text chat that, uh, uh, they pared down their menu during COVID and like, I get it right. You know, you got to make concessions. Um, but they happened to get rid of the thing that I really liked, which was the blackened catfish mm-hmm. fajitas. Mm-hmm. incredible just this like pan blackened catfish which is a del- i love catfish i don't know if you're are you you're not much of a fish not guy, a big right? catfish guy no. not a big not a, not a big seafood I mean, guy in general no well we went out last week for seafood for our for, to, uh, for to fins but, yeah we talked about but, that yeah we did but i that's like it's it's typical seafood it's like lobster right. it's like shellfish more than anything right right, right yeah I just, I like catfish. It's always like, I really like mild white fish and that's definitely what catfish is. Yeah, it's not my it, stuff. it was delicious. Uh, and they got rid of it. They, now the black and fish is the salmon, which you said, mm-hmm. Emily got, she got what, was her, yeah. what was her readout on that? She liked it. And, yeah. um, she gave some of it to Charlotte. So Charlotte had some of salmon for the Oh, first which time. is what I said. That's what I yeah, said you should do. She, she really liked that too. Yeah. Um, just like, God yeah, it was, it was just different. Like, I think they, I couldn't, I didn't see any fajitas on the menu. Um, yeah outside. i didn't either yeah, unless maybe and, uh, just one maybe like one general but no they used taco. to have a whole fajita section with all the right, different they used to have a whole taco section that like yep. and they because that riley really wanted a taco and i remember them having like they had a kids taco thing and they had all this stuff that's gone all they have yep. for kids meals now is like chicken fingers yeah yeah chicken, uh, chicken finger. they had a house salad that we used to get that had that came with crumbled like crispy bacon it was just really good yeah, they got rid yeah. of that no house salad anymore 
Um, so they went from like a four-page menu to a legit to like, half of like to one side menu. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty disappointing. I get it. I don't blame you, Border Cafe, but I gotta say, uh, if you're listening, it'll probably there, come back once things start getting. Maybe I mean up, it might. So. You know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see I went hope. when we were back when we were there a couple of weeks ago. We went to the one in Burlington, and it was still you know like you like you saw yesterday, still very much the uh, the abridged menu. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, here's to hoping, right? Great place though. So I, I got, it's one of the only places, one of the few places where I'll get like a soda with my meal, just because there's something about that particular fountain oh, soda. I love it. The soda is delicious cup. in those huge cups like, with that ice. I don't know what it is. It just, it's the, it's this whole thing, all best. of it together. Yeah. You do all the, all the components. It's like a perfect cup. They bring yeah. them out to you. You can, it's like not, it's like worth it because they keep bringing them to you. And like, right. oh man, I I'm with you too. I don't drink a ton of soda, but when I do, it's like, that kind it's, of really good fountain soda experience. It has to be right. So when I'm like super duper hungover, the one of the only things that can, that can break it. Like I try like the whole, like, <laughs> like water and bread and like eat it. And like, but for me, it's like a McDonald's fountain soda. It's like an instant hangover cure for me. I just, I, I don't know how to explain it. I don't like fountain soda from a lot of places. Um, but the McDonald's fountain Coke is like the it's it just hits me and it it, it takes away all my all my uh, <laughs> hangover uh, symptoms. It's yeah, it's great. Everyone has uh, just fast food in general is a great hangover cure. Yeah, the grease. Yeah, know, there's something about the grease and like just yeah. yeah, it's it's a treat. Um, so cool. Okay, good. Let's dive in. We have a couple of things to talk about here before Jeremy hops. On. I feel like we're gonna run into the same issues last week. We're gonna have to push back. Um, okay. Because well, it's coming on in a couple minutes. So yeah, and I don't want to make him way too long. Right. And uh, so my awesome chat about sex tapes can be pushed back until the next. We're gonna week. push it back again. Push back the sex tape talk, talk again. This is the big market tease. People are like, we came for the sex tape talk, and every every week it's the it's the it, you know we can't do it. So you're really building it up. Into, you better bring your A game for the sex yeah. tape talk. Uh, so let's get into it. Because I'm more interested in this. Me too. And tell me how you liked Peacemaker. Okay, here's what I'll, here's what I'll say. Peacemaker, uh, I watched uh, uh, the new Justice League, and then I watched all of Peacemaker all the way through, basically in the past two days, because mm-hmm. I knew it was important to you. And, and it looks good, and I love John Cena. Um, in a word, incredible. I thought it was like, awesome. I damn. loved it. I loved it. And hot so here's, damn. I don't want to, since you're the one who kind of brought this to the table, I want, I want you to kind of share why you really liked it. And then, and then I'll, 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 I'll kind of share after. Okay. Why don't you get us kicked So off? what I really enjoyed about it is 100% John Cena. Oh yeah. John Cena. This is a, and this is, he, this is coming from a guy who probably might've had a star making role and anything else like this is he's not a uh, like yeah you know, he's he's a household name john cena is a household name mm-hmm. but this this series is a star making turn for john cena because he's finally he plays the way he plays this character of peacemaker it it's unlike anything he's done before he's not like i feel like even though we both are huge fans of john cena and all of his work don't you feel like he's kind of like robotic and his delivery is not the best in his other roles. Yeah, when I like, think of John Cena in acting, I think of like his role in Blockers, for example. Right. He's playing someone that's much more uh, rooted in reality, right? They might make a joke about his physique from time to time, but he's just right. a normal guy. And he, in that way, I see what the I see what the casting is trying to do in making him like that and like making that the joke. But like, yeah, I agree. It's it's been a little bit 
blocky, a little bit robotic. Yeah. Like he just feels a little uncomfortable in his own body when he's acting. This this like role that. though, it's so natural. It's perfect. Him. It's perfect. And he's like his because he's the in essentially Peacemaker is an asshole. Like he's like that's like the big joke of the show is how much of an asshole he is. And like right. he's always uh, the butt of the was, joke. And I think they even said it in one of the first episodes. And it's kind of like a they they have like a meta kind of come uh, meta talk about it was like why is this guy getting a show like why is why right. is the piece yeah. they're getting yeah. a spinoff show this guy's an asshole and he's the only guy from the justice like in that in that justice league or that uh, suicide squad movie i should say he was the only one that if you watch the suicide movie the the, the snyder cut one whatever the, was the snyder cut the suicide squad no movie that was the, snyder cut was justice league suicide squad i believe was james gunn just like the show was okay if you watch that movie He's the only character that doesn't doesn't really have like a redemption arc. Like he starts off as an asshole and then he ends right, as an asshole. Yeah. And now this show is his redemption arc. Um, right. And they probably did that very deliberately. Right. I, I'm assuming James Gunn had the idea that he was going to be doing the show when 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 the movie was being made. It was it was James Gunn. Yeah. So okay. uh, so yeah, it, it had to that had to have been intentional, and that makes sense, right? I, you know. Right. I just like everything. I I can't say enough about John Cena. I, it was a character that I was not interested in in the slightest. I, if you, like, especially from watching what little I've seen of Peacemaker in the comics and other things, I did not care for, for him as a, as a, as a superhero. In, like, I, in Suicide Squad, I didn't, he was one of the least interesting right. characters. Right. And it wasn't something I'm like, oh, you know, but obviously John Cena brought this character to life and he gave it something, you know, and gave it something to to um to 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 think about and to and to kind of and to love he was just he's just so great in it and the supporting cast is excellent the writing is just so fucking i don't remember laughing this much at a at a superhero movie or superhero anything since maybe like deadpool where deadpool was like that 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 black comedy that dark comedy you know yeah um Mm -hmm. this is just it's just really well done and i and i loved it and I cannot wait for season two. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I share your thoughts completely. I, th- I it was a thoroughly enjoying show, both, both as an action superhero show and like kind of an anti superhero show story, which is being, you know, which is really big these days is like exploring kind of the underbelly of being a, being a superhero. Um, and as a comedy, it, I mean, it, it, I feel like it's just, it, it, it really fired on all cylinders all the way throughout. Um, let me start with what might be my favorite thing about the show. Can I, can I, can I cut, cut yes. you off? You know what it's going to be. You know what it's, it's going to be. It's the intro, right? It's the, the intro. intro. It's the best, oh the my best God. Intro, best intro. The best intro of any show in probably history. Maybe it's, it's the Sopranos might be the, might be the best intro, but this is hands down. Number this two. Is, it's like, a, it's like an intro that makes me laugh out loud when I watch right. it. It's just so ridiculous and funny and like just the concept of a big dance number a big choreographed dance number is really funny and then seeing all of them do it together in like their costumes and even like when you take into consideration like their relationships with each other in the show which are obviously very strained and negative in some cases like the heroes and the villains and everyone just doing one big crazy dance number number. and it's just so fucking funny the the music is great the soundtrack is great I mean, and they, it's just that, that like like Nordic, it's like all Nordic metal bands from like the nineties and the eighties. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the wigwam song that opens the show is it's like that song has been stuck in my head for three months now since watching oh, it the is. show. Completely, it's, completely. 
So uh, I love, like, I saw that and I was like, the, I knew from the moment I saw that intro, I was like, this is my kind of humor. Yes. It doesn't take itself too seriously. No, it's, it, it gets, it's in on the joke. You yeah, know? exactly. Whole, exactly. Everyone's in on the joke. Um, what did you think of the finale? I thought the finale was really good. I mean, my favorite part of the finale was like the quote unquote Luke Skywalker moment where, you know, so, so of course, spoilers for Peacemaker. Yeah, I think for everyone, yeah. Um, yeah was the quote unquote Luke Skywalker moment where right when they finished the big battle, the justice league shows up and he's yeah. like, late dickheads. Like that's right. So, Cause it's like, oh, you need bitch. to kind of address that as, as more in the, the MCU is doing this as well as more new superhero stories are being made in these, in these long-term uh, uh, expanded universes, you need to address why the big hero teams weren't at all of the things right. that the little hero teams were doing that have big implications. Right. And so, right. you know, different shows and, and movies do that in different ways, but I just love that. They show up, you get a little uh, Jason Momoa cameo and in the flat, the kid who plays the flash. And the yeah. Flash yeah. Movie too. It's just, it's just really funny. I, I want to talk about, I think this is a really great example of how, so the MCU has been so successful, right? I mean, the right. MCU is comic book movies, is movies right now, is Hollywood, right? To, yeah, to a lot of uh, big time directors, uh, chagrin, yes, Marvel movies. Totally, are the totally. And we can let's you know we can talk about that later because we have lots of thoughts on that, obviously. But um, the the DC universe had this really difficult uphill journey, right? And it had this difficult proposition where it was like. The MCU is out there. We we just like Marvel had a bunch of weird one-off independent kind of like movies of varying success, right? The Batman movies, the Superman movies throughout the past 20 years, whatever. We need to do what Marvel is doing, which is create this big extended universe where we can really cash in. They got HBO as a partner. The movies have been hit or miss, right? Most of the DC superhero movies are not very good, no. I think. Right, I mean, you uh, the Aquaman movies are okay. The Wonder Woman the first, movies are okay. the first Wonder Woman was good. The second Wonder Woman was not was hot good. garbage. Right, but yeah. but just in general, they've really struggled. And I think what they've done is they've brought in directors like James Gunn and writers like James Gunn and and, and others to create something different. They're like, we can't just be the MCU. We can't just be the same vibe right. and the same feel and the same stories and the same bullshit, the same villains. It can't just be the same thing. So what are we going to do? We're going to go darker. We're going to go more adult. We're going to have swearing. We're going to have sex. We're going to have really heavy things to deal with that the MCU only scratches the surface of, right? And I think this show, ultimate culmination of that and the proof that that, that, that model is working. And that's what they should really embrace going forward is, is they are the MCU for... I mean, for lack of a better term, they're the MCU for adults. They're the yeah. adult MCU, right? Because if you think about it, DC has the same level of heroes, if not bigger name heroes, like Batman, Superman, those are- Those, sure. are, those are the money makers, yeah. And, and they just have squandered them so far. And I think really leaning into this dark, uh, uh, you know, depressing, heavy universe that they've created where bad shit happens and bad people succeed and everyone is flawed- I mean, it's just, I think they're finally, they finally found their direction and they finally embrace it. I hope that Peacemaker is a sign of, Things of to more come. of that to come. Yeah, exactly. Because you see Suicide Squad. First of all, you see them willing to rectify their mistakes, which the MCU doesn't do. So you brought up Justice League, you brought up the Snyder Cut. So they, the Justice League came out, no one liked it. So they did the Snyder Cut. People liked that a little more. I thought it was boring and a little, and a little self-indulgent, but whatever. Um, Suicide Squad, same thing. They do the original Suicide Squad movie, uh, like with Will Smith, right? And and it wasn't very good. They retain what worked from that, which was Harley Quinn. Um, uh, what's her name? Margot Robbie Margot is Harley, Harley Quinn, right? And they they bring her into a, a, a complete reimagining 
in the same universe and they nail it and then they build on that. It's just, it's very smart. And I got to give them a lot of credit because being up against, if you know, you know you're going to go up against the MCU in every single way and, right. and being able to hold your own, which they're starting to do. And I think their relationship with HBO is, has gone a long way to help them because those are all, those movies and shows are all readily available on HBO. Right. Um, I think they finally, I think they finally cracked the code and I really hope they don't, they don't fuck it up from here. Well, I think bringing James Gunn in also helps too, because he was, he was, in, he's part of the MCU as well when it comes to, uh, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he's, he did stuff on other, sh- other movies. I think, I think so. Yeah. I think Guardians is the big, the first two Guardians so are the big like, ones he did. It's yeah. that old adage of like, if you can't beat them, join them type of thing where, you might as well bring in someone from Marvel to help DC kind of find its footing and James know who better than James Gunn, who's it, arguably, I think the, the guardians of the galaxy franchise is the most successful mini franchise inside of the MCU. Yeah. Maybe, maybe but it's the most like, I think it's the, like, it's the most uh, like pop culture references and like all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, it's the most, um, I don't know. What, it's what come I'm, the closest to, to to being the Deadpool, to borrow, you know, kind of an example that you, right. the, where it's it's come the closest to being a, a good superhero movie and a good comedy. And yeah. I think that's just a sign that like, of course, you know, James Gunn takes that and, and channels it into Peacemaker and, and Suicide Squad. This is the first um, truly excellent stuff that's come out of the DC universe. I, as far I as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, right? So, so, really happy with the show. Really glad that you recommended and kind of pushed me to watch it. Um, I thought, you know, just in general, um, I really like kind of in Suicide Squad, if you think of the bad guys in Suicide Squad and the bad guys in, in Peacemaker, it's like these big alien kind of comic-y larger than life threats that are like gross and funny and weird. Um, I really appreciate that. Uh, and you know who I thought had a standout performance in Peacemaker? was uh freddie stroma who played um uh, uh vigilante he was great i thought he, he was, was hilarious really, really good. yeah i loved his role so funny uh didn't recognize him until i just looked this up but he was, he was the, in, uh, the in, irish in dude harry from potter. harry potter yeah yeah uh or scottish or whatever he is yeah um I, I thought that was an excellent uh uh role and and really an important role to show to to, to help develop the humanization of john cena's character which which he does he has legitimate development from when you see him at the beginning of Suicide Squad through the end of Peacemaker. He really right. does, well, in a yeah. realistic way, come to terms with his outlook on life, on, on on being a hero, and the things he's willing to do in order to to you know his whole his whole idea of how to of what peace is. You know, he's mm-hmm. Peacemaker, but his whole idea of what peace is changes from the start to the to the end of the of the of the show. So, well, you've even even in the show when he when he there's that one mission in the show where he has to kill where they have to kill that family. Right. And he, he has reserves about shooting a kid. <laughs> I mean, she has to shoot the wife and a father, a wife and two kids. Um, and he has, res- he has reserves doing, he can't pull the trigger. And then finally vigilante comes in and just, and, and just, just does it casually. And that's a great, yeah. that's a great scene for yeah. him. That's a great scene for yeah. Cena. I just, I, I still need to, I, as I said, I finished the last two or three episodes today, watched the, the beginning yesterday. So I still need to chew on it and process it a little bit, but like, Early readings are just very good. Through the I, I roof. thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about this next week or next time we next time we record. It won't be next week because I'll be in I'll be in San Diego. But next time we record, um, I've been watching a lot of really good modern comedies uh, uh, comedies that are on right now, and I think this is just one of an example of of of, of a number of comedies that are 
really uh, kind of flying a little bit under the radar. They're not like mainstream hits necessarily, but they're, mm-hmm. you know, becoming very popular and being recognized for, um, you know, what they're doing. So I want to talk about that more, but I think we're in a really good time for comedies right now. I agree. And what I liked about Peacemaker is what it was. So you, you're the, the stuff that John Cena says in a couple of the scenes, you know, that are, that that's really funny can you know in this climate might might seem you know out of touch and you know not pc and all that stuff but you're you, you he says it like you you you're supposed to laugh at him for being an idiot well it's like being, always sunny right he's like right. he's the punchline and that makes it okay he's to the punchline but it, yeah and it's okay exactly that's how i felt with some of this like some of the ramblings he would go on and like how uh you know calling the other the, the, the making fun of the other character for being a lesbian i mean uh, and i appreciate that that's one of the things i appreciate about the show is that the, the bad guys were or one of the bad guys were just straight up white nationalists right so the, the show right. didn't hide anything about its its stance or the the message right. that it was trying to make well, even right? there's even a, there's even in the in the final episode um a kind of a, a a subtle knock on people who are like anti-mask and anti-vaccine where they say like john cena says something about um taking t- subtle like take i forget the exact wordage but he said something something along the lines of you know you, you people ask you to, to do minor things and you take it as a, an assault on your freedom. Type right. Of thing. Yeah. No, they directly, um, they directly shout like, that out. Right. And that's like one of the final things they say in the, in the, in the series. And it's like, okay, that's clearly a shot at people for just knocking for not getting vaccinated and, and not taking COVID seriously. So like, I liked, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, it, it's overall just, it's, the, the, one of the best shows I've seen in, in probably this year for sure. Great series. So. Great recommendation, Higgins. Go ahead and watch it. It's all on HBO plus, uh, HBO plus Max. HBO Max. That's what it is. Who can fucking, who can keep track these days? Um, definitely check out the new Suicide Squad. Do not check out the old Suicide Squad. Yuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Thank check you. out the, the Peacemaker movie. Um, great recommendation, Higgins. Great talk. Um, I think this is the right time. Yes, it's time to bring our guest of honor uh, of the day in, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, welcome back to the show. Yay. Hey, here hey Jeremy. Here to bring in the hot, fire, pretentious, woke takes. That yes, I'm so, so glad. Much. I'm so glad that we're starting off oh, this way. So I think right one the, it, okay. the, what I wanted to do here, the reason why I've gathered you both here is because... Uh, uh, I feel like we just need to squash the beef. I think there's been something going on between you two. I'm caught in the middle. I'm like, mommy, daddy, I don't know, you know, which one to go with. And uh, we, should just, we should just put you down in the middle of the room and then just see which one you go to. You should slice me in half and oh, then shit. you both get half of me. Oh, neither of you disagree? Okay, both of you failed. Both of you failed the uh, <laughs> that thing from the Bible. Anyways, uh, Jeremy... I just want to apologize on behalf of Higgins for just all of the um, vitriol you've been receiving uh, from my co-host here. Um, I don't think it's very warranted. I don't know. Higgins, do you have Listen, anything you want to say for yourself? Um, I don't. Listen, <laughs> oh there is no, here's, here's my two things I'll say about it. First and foremost, this all started off a misunderstanding Although I think there's obviously underlying issues. It was about that SNL skit and I was making a reference to something that was in it. I said triggered, triggered. because he said that in there. God, that but feels like ages I will ago. say there are two things that I want. 
I know, right? It feels like this feels like six years ago. There are two things I want to say. One, first yes. of all, I definitely have taken the title straight out of Pari Pandian's. Uh, oh, I Uh-oh. shouldn't have said his last name. <laughs> oh, yeah, his address too. We just, right, well, him again. Okay. Straight out of Pari's hands as the most pretentious of our friends. Let's call so, him P. Pandian. <laughs> we can edit this out. We'll do. We'll get it in post. P. Cardinal. So, in Higgins's defense, for sure. You know, hey, what what are you gonna say? I am probably the most pretentious slash woke of our friends. Thank uh, you. That's probably super annoying. But B. <laughs> Barstool does suck. It has nothing to do with you. Barstool is just bad. Yeah, you, you shouldn't. When someone says that Barstool is bad, Higgins, you should not take that as a personal insult. I never. When did I take? I don't take it as a personal attack. It sounds <laughs> like you're feeling person, attacked right now. What I took as a personal attack being attacked. Jeremy called me a meathead. <laughs> I think what this I was, said. So is... this was like ten years ago, just <laughs> yeah. for the record. Okay, yeah, that's that's all. That's all I took. That's all I ever took. This, this, to. I, don't care, I don't care if anybody. This has been ten watch. years. This showdown has been ten <laughs> years in the making. This is the first time I've seen Higgins in ten years. Yeah, 10 years. <laughs> God. I, <laughs> I don't remember saying that. I I think I said something that if you people who like Barstool are meatheads, and therefore it was implied that you like it. But I do apologize if I said that, and, and I don't think that you're a meathead. I think Higgins you. remembers it verbatim, right? I will no. say, I if we were going to rank pretentious, on my wall. <laughs> if we were going to rank most pretentious of our friends, I would probably be on top. If we were going to rank most meathead, I think Higgins would probably be on top. No, I mean that's a really fair way of, of our friend. I'm saying that's a fair way friend. of saying that, and I think I think you'd both be towards the top of those ones. But I don't know <laughs> <laughs> the battle for the battle for crown of most pretentious in our friend group would be. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know who that would go to. It would you know be what? A, weirdly, weirdly enough, I actually think that I would probably be near the top of biggest meathead too. So yeah. I can. I double. It's like a Venn diagram. He really does. He really does have it all. Does. Yeah. Oh, did yeah. you? Speaking of that, did you listen to last week's episode, Jeremy? I did. Yes. So you heard when Higgins called you a famous lover. Do you have any comments? See, I was on that? very, very complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. And he knows from experience. Speaking <laughs> of. He also talked about sex tapes, and I don't want to tell you what we got down to in high school, but <laughs> but <laughs> we did rent Boogie Nights and fast forward to when Marky Mark that's showed true. us. That's just the end. That was a big moment. That was a big moment. Our development. Literally. So to speak. Yeah. So to yeah. speak. Ooh. Talking Ooh. big dicks. Uh, so good. Okay. So I feel like we've effectively, we've effectively squashed that beep. I feel like it's really, I came in. And I like I said, listen, guys, we need to figure this out, and uh, mm-hmm. we worked through it with my help. And I'm really you glad. were the peacemaker. Oh, very good. That's not mm-hmm. bad at all. In our group of friends, who's the most peace peacemaker? Is that Ben? I would say Ben never pushes buttons. So I think no, it's never. I think it might be Metalla. I think it's a tie between me and Metalla. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Metalla <laughs> knows exactly how to squash, how to settle a flame. He never, never, he never, he never adds any gasoline to any fires. Still, Metalla has. I was just going to say he's never been on the podcast, but that's not correct. He was on the. He was on the dad cast. He was on the dad. That's right. Is he in your dad chat? The yeah, Yeah. but that was literally. It's I can probably go back. I think it's four messages that we've sent in four years. So, well, he's the only one besides Higgins that's a dad twice over now. That's a double uh, no PJ too. You forgot about PJ. Oh wait, yeah, PJ. Oh, forgot about PJ. Forgot about PJ. Everybody want to talk like they got two kids. <laughs> that's, um, that's good. Super thank you. Bowl reference. Super Bowl, yes, yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people upset about that Super Bowl. Who saw Why? it? 
oh, I don't know. People are just like people like. like he was reading the barstool comments. People, yeah. Oh my god. Real upset about the, the, upset about the, the Super game Bowl or show. the halftime show. It's like Eminem kneeling and oh, oh, like, that, those like, the, like some one yeah. like conservative pundit meathead. Yeah. Wh- who who was someone that? said like uh, Charlie Kirk. Kirk. Yes. Kirk. Yeah, the dancing Kirk. and the suggestive dancing and stuff and it's just yeah. Yeah. that had to have been like the least sexual Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. In, like, anybody see Fifty Cent? He looked like me hanging upside down. Well, hey, let's like, not shame. Let's not shame a fifty-plus-year-old guy for starting to let himself go. I, mean, I don't he, think. At least he had the courtesy of waiting until he was fifty-something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think fifty cents fifty years old. Is I would guess there. Oh, Maybe. oh, yeah. I think he's pushing. He's pushing. But uh, e- either way, okay. uh, let's not body Maybe. shame on this on this podcast, Higgins. If we did, we would. <laughs> we'd be I, I have not. I'm not body shaming, but. <laughs> but <laughs> everything you say before "but" doesn't matter, Higgins. Curtis Jackson is 46 years old. Oh, okay. So all right. still he's, a young gun. Yeah, he's still he's still a young gun, so to speak. Only 12 years older than than or only 10 years older than me. So. Wow. That's crazy. I feel like wait, before we move on, I know that I feel like they wasted the whole like secret special guest thing on 50 Cent. Like he should wait, have I just thought, been on the bill in the was first he a, place. He was a secret. I thought he was he was like the secret special uh, guest. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And it's like, uh, I don't know, that's fine, I guess. I didn't understand um the message. No, I'm uh, I didn't understand um uh the Kendrick Lamar thing. Like I under like I I I love Kendrick Lamar as a performer and as a rapper, but it was clearly a homage to like 90s hip-hop 90s 2000s hip-hop and our in what in rap so why kendrick lamar i I just i feel like they always at the super bowl halftime show do something for the olds and something for the relatively young like it's like aerosmith and britney or something like Mm. that right or like michael jackson was michael jackson and britney i don't know whatever but you gotta realize uh, that dr dre eminem snoop dogg yeah yeah. janet jackson right yeah all those guys are for the old people aka us and then like kendrick lamar is probably the one that like younger people might maybe yeah i think he's he's been around for forever so like he's he's not necessarily well like, then your argument like, is invalid. What pick a lane, Higgins? I guess okay, <laughs> not forever. I'm sorry, but he's not he's he's not like a new artist, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but neither was like Britney Spears when she did it. Yeah, true. Okay. Like, yeah, whatever. I think we've already given way enough time to. to yeah, we can about. move on. I that. think it was a good it was a good performance. I loved it. It was, it was yeah, my it was favorite awesome. Super Bowl performance besides Prince. Yeah, I think it was it was good. Um, so yeah, so wow, okay. Uh, so, so listen, Jeremy, we're so happy to have you here. I'm really glad that we've squashed that beef. That was been, as I said, very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Higgins promises he will not call you pretentious anymore on the podcast. <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> on the podcast. Save it for Twitter. <laughs> he says it right after the podcast and he has to scream it because he's just all pent up. I'm like Andy Dufresne in the rain when he escapes from the Shawshank. I was like, I don't think Higgins has ever used that word. So this might be a workaround of him not saying that I'm pretentious. Are you saying that Higgins has a limited vocabulary? <laughs> That's not true. That is I not true. I know words, okay? He knows plenty of words. The best. The best word. I have the best words. Um. Okay, great. So we can all move past that as good yeah, friends. Yeah. Um, We're good. So, so listen, Jeremy, we got some stuff to talk about. I want to kick off with the famous question that we ask everyone who joins. Uh, Jeremy, what have you been watching? Yeah, so I have a couple answers to this. I'll start off with one that we don't need to discuss because it's, it's <laughs> probably the most discussed thing on your podcast. 
but I'm watching Always Sunny all the way through for the first time. Oh. So You've I've seen episodes. Yeah, you I've were. Seen, you didn't. Yeah, you held out for yeah. a while. Yeah, I didn't really like it that much, and I think it's actually not to go into it because we talked about it a lot. I think it's one of those shows that you kind of have to watch through because they actually it does really matter to sort of watch it as it goes on. Because that's there's my opinion. Yeah. There's a lot of development in it, and like you realize, but through that, that the characters are the assholes, right? So anyway, I've been watching that. Um, we won't talk about that because. You but you like, but you like it, right? I mean. You oh yeah, I do. I love it. Yeah. Um, and so actually, what inspired the one that I want to talk about is Always Sunny, and specifically you guys talking about Always Sunny, and saying that no one from that show has done anything else good, and. Uh, I had heard about this show called Mythic Quest that is on Apple TV Mm -hmm. that is created by Charlie Day, uh, Rob McElhaney, and Megan Gantz, who is one of the uh, co-producers of the later seasons and writers on Always Sunny and always was a a writer on uh, Community. Mm -hmm. And so I had been wanting to watch that show, but it's on Apple TV, so I didn't have Apple TV, so I never sort of went out of my way until you guys were like, oh, there's nothing good about it. I think you even said, oh, Mythic Quest, but no, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen seen it, it. yeah, right. So I was really excited. I I was like, you know what? This is going to be the catalyst for me to watch that show. So that's a show that I've been watching. And I got to say, it's a really solid show. I really like it. And I, and, I, and I have a hot take about it too. I think that there is one standalone episode that's one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. So oh, wow. I wanted to talk about this. Um, I was looking forward to watching the show and then trying to figure out what the episode was. I believe our friend, friend of the podcast, Eric, ruined that. Uh, is the episode that he was he referring to, the fifth episode, the one that you were talking about? Yes, the fifth episode <laughs> in the first season. So I watched the episode and I also agree that it was really excellent. And this is an, this is an interesting example of a show just taking one episode and going in a completely different direction with completely without most of the characters from the show in a completely different time period. Um, Tell me about, tell me about that episode and what what resonated with you. Yeah. I mean, without going into spoilers. So for, for those who haven't seen Mythic Quest, the general idea of the show is that it's about a, uh, a group of people uh, that are working at a, a video game company and they make like a World of Warcraft-esque um, massive online role-playing game, right? Yeah. This is the most successful game in the world in the universe of the show. And the idea is it's sort of like a combination of Always Sunny um, um, community and then definitely takes a lot from Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a workplace comedy of all these people that are sort of like, egomaniacs and them clashing but sort of like learning from each other but like they're sort of the assholes so it takes that from always sunny the joke is on them um point being it's 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 a good show it's really funny but it's a little bit formulaic like it's nothing i think groundbreaking uh in that way although i think it's better than silicon valley i think it's funnier and more self-aware and less bro-y like silicon valley is really good i actually do like that show but i think it like gets a little too deep in like bro comedy and like sort of loses that self-awareness. Um, yeah, this Silicon much, Valley much is, better as is far as that goes. entourage with nerds. I mean, I, I think that Silicon Valley is a fine show, but I don't think it has yeah. the same level of depth that even a show like Mythic, Mythic Quest has. Mythic Quest is a better version of that. Uh, having said all that, to kind of lead up to what this is, there's a standalone episode, which is episode five of season one, 
So it, it doesn't spoil anything to know kind of when it is, I guess, other than it sort of surprises you if you're watching it going in blank. And basically what they do is they actually don't talk about any of the other character, any of the main characters. Um, and what the episode focuses on is a video game company that uh, was in their workspace, their building before they were. Um, and you can tell this, there's like, um, when you go back and like rewatch it, there are little hints about that throughout, mm. like there's like mm -hmm. a, an etching on the wall and some other things. So it's basically like a background of the video game industry um, and like learning. And this, without giving anything away, it is a completely different tone from the show. It's like not really like a, a comedy, although it is funny, um, that episode, but it's just like this, like, in my opinion, like a masterpiece of writing and sort of getting you to care about these two characters and having crazy character development in like 35 minutes. By the end of the episode, you're like in love with these characters and feel every single thing that they feel, both about like their uh, sort of intimate moments for themselves and also their uh, their like baby, which is their video game company in it. And right. that's not a spoiler. It's the whole game, the whole show's about video game companies. Mm -hmm. And this one episode is completely self-contained and uh, it's in, it's just, I think like an almost perfect 35 minute episode of TV. It yeah. has like literally everything. And I personally literally cried at the end. It um, definitely was, was very emotional because I mean, I, uh, again, yeah. you know, we don't want to get into too many spoilers, but I think like a couple of the themes, like it's not, it's, it's about the video game and the video game being their like life's work, but it's also about the two of them. It's, it's, I do want to say who's in it because I think this is going to be a yeah, draw for yeah. people. Um, the it's it's about a guy and a girl who meet in a video game store and start their own their own video game company. The guy is Jake Johnson from New Girl, who is great, and mm -hmm. the the female actress is um, Kristen Milotti. Uh, am I saying that right? Oh, from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yes, the mother from, from How, How I, I Met, Met Your mother. mother, and also in that Andy Samberg movie that recently came Palm out. Palm Springs. Oh yeah, that movie yes. was pretty good too. Yeah. 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 Um, and, oh man. So both Sorry, of them I'll are. Let you continue, Jake. Yeah, uh, Jake. So investing, Jake. Um, so the, they are both uh, recognizable comedic actors who I think are pretty well liked in general in their in their roles, and and uh, um, I think that definitely adds to the appeal uh, because the two of them, their 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 love and their them working together, it's all very genuine, right? And it, it feels very real. And that's why I can tell, you know, there was definitely emotional connection that, that like we made to it. And it's, it's in a variety of levels, right? Because it is about their, their marriage and their relationship and their game and, and everything. But it's so interesting that like, it's almost like it's from a different show, right? I mean, they tie it in, like yeah. you said, like right at the end, they, they do. And, and throughout they do have like very subtle tie-ins. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's almost like it's its own, it's its own show. And it just has a really, like really kind of powerful message about love and about work like your life's work and about uh video games too i mean it's, it's an interesting study in how things in general uh uh can become commercialized and and just shitty versions of of what they once were and like forget yeah things, you know and all yeah. of that is very powerful for sure i think one of the things that's so interesting about it is you could almost watch that episode by itself and have no context and just be like okay this is a really great just like 30 minute movie almost, but it also does like subtly tie in with the show because, you know, a lot of mythic quest is 
uh, a focus on like art versus commerce mm -hmm. and like uh, and how like money sort of directly um, like conflicts with like artistic vision, right? That's like a big theme of of the show. And that was um, directly addressed in-, in That's, like, yeah, this episode is basically, the, yeah. it's essentially the plot of this yep. standalone episode. I will say, and I know, I don't think you finished it in Higgins, have you seen it? I have not, no. So this isn't really a spoiler also, but that episode does not come back and tie in in any significant way at any point in the rest of the season. Yeah, that's like, so interesting. I noticed in the following episode, someone was wearing a shirt of the game. So it's like, it's like, yeah. like, it's like kind of a background thing, right? You wouldn't even right. notice it if you didn't, if you didn't know. And I, I love that, right? They're kind of like doing tiny little tie-ins, but like in general, it was just a story they wanted to tell. Mm -hmm. And like you said, provided like a, bottle episode of context for the broader theme of the show um i never like kind of yeah. thought about it in those terms but but you you saying that like yeah of course i mean it's like it's a just a microcosm of what the what the broader show is or one yeah. of the themes of the broader show right so yeah and and one of the things that i think is so interesting about that episode and the thing that started me watching this show in the first place is um, this is not about the theme of the episode or anything like that, but interestingly enough, it, that episode uh, was written by Rob McElhinney's sister, huh. and he directed it. So oh, it was, uh, it's a direct, um, like a really different style of show and episode that was directed by Rob, who, you know, for all that Mythic Quest does, like his character is basically mac if he was successful right like yep. you know and the show is funny and it's got absurd things and like all the things that always sunny sort of does but that episode i thought like actually really showcased the talent of those two brother and sister that like if they wanted to do something like real like make like a real not real but like a almost like serious movie or something like that like right. i do explores, actually think that yeah. the talent is like really there to do yeah. that and maybe it was just like everything sort of lined up perfectly in that episode, which I don't think is the case because there's actually a sort of similar thing that happens in season two. It's not quite as good. Okay. Um, but they definitely sort of like flex their like dramatic muscles a little bit more and artistic muscles. Um, it's another kind of standalone. Uh, okay, but good. A little I'm more glad because I mean, if the, if the first yeah. one's any indication, I'm glad that they're like kind of doing a little more of that in the- Yeah, they're definitely like experimenting in that yeah. way with it. I, I so anyway, that. I think that that show- and uh, I, I, yeah, I think that it ties in all of the good things from all of the three th shows that I mentioned, Community, uh, Always Sunny, and um, Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really good. Like I said, I think far and away that standalone episode is the best thing that came out of it. But I also say that not to diminish the rest of it. I just think that that episode is just incredible. Like yeah. legitimately like... There are a few episodes of TV that I would be like, wow, they like perfectly distilled this into the time that they had in a TV episode. And it's just like an almost perfect like masterclass of how to write and direct and shoot. I, I completely agree. I think you're dead on. Higgins, do you have Apple Plus? I do, yes. You should check out that. I know you're probably not interested in the broader show because you just, it's it's video game theme and that's not really your thing. But like, you should check out specifically that episode because I think Jeremy's right. It's like a really good kind of powerful uh yeah, I've been meaning thing. to watch, meaning to yeah. watch the show. I think I'll give it a try. Um, so the other thing, one other thing I want to say about that show before we move on is, uh, so I had asked you, Jeremy, when we were talking about this, and you had seen it, and I hadn't. I was like, so, so you said, you know, you mentioned correctly that like the 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 game is like kind of the World of Warcraft of their 
of their universe, right? So it's this huge MMO that's super popular and become this cultural kind of, uh, uh, just this really important fixture in the world of video games and, and general popular culture um, more broadly. Um, and to me, you know, that, that also means that the company that makes World of Warcraft, Blizzard, is the company that effectively they're representing, right? And that's something we talked about. Obviously, Blizzard has had uh, a lot of issues uh, with kind of the way, the, the work environment that they create um, and has been um, really, really put their feet to the fire, rightfully so, because they're creating a really negative work environment for a lot of a lot of people, um, specifically women, and there's all that stuff with like the Cosby Suite and whatever. Um, and I'm glad that that's being represented in a in a show more broadly. That that kind of thing is isn't something that like Silicon Valley really fully addressed. They kind of skirted around that, but they never full on. I mean, there are characters in. I mean, in every single episode of Mythic Quest that I've seen so far, six or seven, the female characters are being demeaned, and and you you see this inaction, right? You see kind of this like uh, 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 sexism that exists, that very much exists in Blizzard and in the video game industry more broadly and in tech more broadly. Um, you're seeing that in in the show, right? And they don't they don't dance around it. They they absolutely um, depict that and and kind of embrace yeah. embrace that 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 dark sure. side of the world. So that's another thing I really appreciated uh, about about the show as well. So I like it so far. I think it's good. Yeah, um, I like Danny Putty. I like yeah. Uh, uh, one of the dudes is, um, I forget his name, but, uh, it's Cricket from, from, oh yeah, uh, so yeah. he's one of the, he's one of the main characters in it. And I, I really, he's also a, a producer on it. And I really appreciate that they've let him kind of like <laughs> depict a character that isn't, you know, Cricket. Um, uh, but just in general, I think it's, it's been a really enjoyable show and I'm glad that, uh, you know, it's another show that Apple's put out there that just has been really good, right? Apple's, Apple's whole thing has been, they take big names and they basically let them do what they want to, and they give them they give them a platform, right? Um, I'm watching That's the John Hamm commercial that, that well, they, exactly they showed throughout the Super Bowl was him complaining about him not having an Apple TV show when like literally he, every other yeah big exactly. A-list actors who had one, which I love. I love John Hamm, and I love that, that Apple is kind of like embracing that and like recognizing yeah. that's the case. But um, another yeah, one I mentioned last week was was Servant, which is um, M Night Shyamalan show uh on on apple as well and that one's really good and they just they just really have gotten a lot of big names and uh really made some some really some really good shows i think mythic quest is is no exception so um yeah, yeah. i'm glad that you watched that and recommended that and yeah uh, it's oh the last thing i'll say about it actually yeah. is you haven't gotten here yet and i don't want to spoil anything but it also addresses another thing in the second season that you guys have talked about on the podcast they have a pandemic episode and oh. I think it's the best TV show. It's the best episode that has addressed the pandemic so far. Well, it's interesting because being a workplace comedy, they're in a unique position to address the pandemic in a really believable and effective yeah. way, right? Like I see yeah, a lot of it yeah. is like over Zoom or whatever. Right, exactly. Like, yeah. So um, I, that's the first yeah. episode of the second season, right? I remember hearing about that. Yeah, it is. And they do a really good job. You know, I think some, I've seen some shows that do it. it it's not like the best thing they do. I don't think still, I don't think anything will kind of live up to that one that I really like, but it, it's really good and really funny and like emotional too. They do a good job, like hitting the right tones on some of those things. Yeah. yeah. The, the pandemic episode has kind of become like the musical episode or like it's, it's like right. every yeah. show that's been on during this time has kind of had to do it or done it. And yeah. it's just kind of like different shows do it at different levels of quality and doing it well really raises the quality. Of Isn't that kind of bizarre that like, 
20, 30 years from now, if they're even still making TV shows, then it's we're going to look back and uh, the pandemic episode is going to be like a cliche episode that like every sitcom and every show just does. Like, like you said, every, every show growing up had the musical episode, had the, uh, the Halloween themed episode, had the Christmas themed episode. They, it's, it's, they have all these themed shows and in 30 years from now, pandemic is going to have, is going to be a theme of a, of a show now. Well, don't worry. I don't think there is even going to be a 30 years from now. So we're not going to have to uh, (laughs) address that head on. Yeah, it's all good. It's 70 degrees in March or in February. I think we don't have to worry about 30 years. Elon Musk will be watching them on Mars by himself and laughing. Laughing, laughing. (laughs) The last Uh, thing that I watched, uh, I'm not going to talk about this because I think you wanted to talk about with Adam, but I just finished the book of Boba Fett today. Oh yeah, yeah, good. Um, I know you. You said you wanted to talk about that stuff. I do. Uh, I know. I, I think. Well, we could. We re, we'll bring Adam on to talk about the MCU stuff. But let's talk about both of that because I've been excited to. I've been excited to do that. Um, so you. So just for context, you're a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Um, you have seen the Mandalorian both seasons. Yes. Okay. And you watched Book of Boba Fett. What did you think? So I thought it was. I didn't like it at first. Okay. Um, I thought it grew on me a lot. Um. Partially, because without spoilers, it brings in a lot of other things. It sort of doesn't stick with the one thing that it sort of starts with. Um, one of the other things that I did like about it was that uh, they fully embraced the influence of Dune on Star Wars. I mean, it's basically Star Wars Dune. Yeah, I mean, they, there is like spice, right? There's literally yeah, they like, literally, yeah. And George Lucas has admitted that Dune was like his biggest influence in writing Star Wars. And he kind of glossed over and there are clear things that he took and Dune is sort of in the cultural zeitgeist right now. So I, lo- I sort of like best that picture like, nominee. Just went full in. Um, is it really a best picture I, nominee? Uh, Dune is uh, nominated for best wow. picture with the Oscars. Was it best picture? I know it was nominated for all like the visual effects stuff, but wow. Oh yeah, really? best picture too. Yeah. That's crazy. <sighs> okay. Yeah. I mean, anyway, I, sorry, I Jeremy. It was good. Anyway, the one thing that I will say about the book of Boba Fett is that maybe it's similar to like the MCU thing that you'll talk about with Adam. I, I did end up liking it as sort of a standalone thing. Um, I myself, I consider myself a really big Star Wars fan. Sure. Uh, I've seen almost every thing of Star Wars, but the thing is I haven't seen everything of Star Wars. And in this and the Disney Plus stuff in general, like, but this one in particular brings in a lot of like fan service and people from the parts of Star Wars that I haven't seen. Which like, are, like the extended the universe stuff, the cartoons. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there are moments in Book of Boba Fett where you can tell it's like for a certain group of people, it's like a, oh my right. God. Right, they bring moments. in characters that have their backstories and you, the relationships with right. other characters so on the show. I haven't, I haven't seen the show, but I'm an avid TikTok watcher. True. And TikTok has um it's a bunch of reaction videos to i think it's boba fett or one of the well somebody showing up in one of the episodes it's timothy oliphant looking off into the distance and like walking towards the camera is like this character i've never seen this character before but it's all these fans reacting to it. it's a split screen yeah that character from that's who i'm talking about yeah that's exactly what yeah that's exactly there are a couple there are a couple of characters that happen with that like in the mandalorian and boba fett like the um Rosario Dawson's character is also like well known from the cartoon ones in the animated Star Wars universe, the extended universe. I didn't know who she was. You still, it's still well written enough that you get some, you get the effect of the importance of these characters. But that character that you're talking about, Higgins, 
apparently is like, you know, the biggest badass in the universe right. from those extended things. And when he shows up, people freaked out, but that's only people who have like watched everything with right. Star Wars. So, that, so that's it lost the some of that effect on me. Uh, yeah. No, that also, he's not that specific character, but like Jeremy said, the Mandalorian is guilty of, of this as well. Definitely. I mean, they, the Disney has kind of been drawing on the, there's like, there's two or three of these cartoons that were on Cartoon Network that, uh, we're on for like, I mean, collectively with like 20 or 30 seasons. I mean, there's a right. lot. If you, like, I think it's the clone, the clone Wars. Um, yeah, there's I the Clone Wars, there's Rebels. It's on, there's, it's, yeah, it's on one of the, the streaming networks. I think they're all on, they used to be on Netflix and now they're all on Disney Plus. Right, and I, I was looking at it and I was like, holy shit, there's like nine seasons of this show. They're, they're yeah. kind of boring. I hate to say it. I've tried watching Clone Wars and, and it just isn't for me. I, you know, I'd rather, it's the type of thing that I'd rather read the plot of because I like, to Jeremy's point, having the context for when mm-hmm. these things are being pulled into the movie unit or like the you know the live action universe, um, but as as shows like, I don't know. There's a lot of filler. They're kid shows, right? And I mean, Star Wars in general is something that is I think as much for kids as it is for adults, if not primarily for kids, but these shows are definitely primarily for kids. So yeah, and we might just be slightly too old to yeah. have watched those, right? Like we weren't young enough to have seen the original Star Wars movies like in theaters although those were the ones I grew up when I was a kid yeah and then the like prequels we were maybe a little too old to fully like have the wonder of watching them as kids so I mean I know you really like those movies I rewatched them recently and they were better than I remembered but you know when they first came out people like my age that were teenagers were like boo these are yeah, whatever the first yeah. ones and then I, I was in my 20s when these when the extended universe cartoons and stuff came out so I never watched any of those because they're right. kid shows so now they're bringing them back in. And while I really like the stuff that's happening on Disney Plus right now in the Star Wars universe, I like felt left out, even though I consider myself a really big Star Wars fan. I was like, I didn't, uh, clearly I missed the impact of this meeting, yeah. even though it was still cool. The experience is different and definitely lesser. Like if we had the context and it would be these crazy, like quote unquote, Luke Skywalker moments, which I think is like a term at this point based on the second season of The Mandalorian, where these characters that we have seen, if, if we had watched the shows that we'd seen a lot of before are coming in and being realized in the in the live action universe. You know, for us, it's like, there is a little bit of value there because we can see it. And then like, it gives us kind of a reason to go and like, like read articles about it and kind of read up on the background and be like, oh, cool. Like this, so you, you still get a, like, as I love going and like reading articles the next day about like, this character is someone who has all this background and here's some interesting stuff about them. And then like, it's kind of cool making those connections and reading a little, again, getting some of that context. You don't, and yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. You don't think that alienates certain fans though? Like the mainstream fans? Well, but that's true of literally everything. That's true of everything in the MCU. That's true of everything no, true, in modern yeah. Star Wars. I mean, you're not gonna, no one, unless you have the full context of, I mean, even, even in the MCU. Unless you've read the comics and and, yeah. and the big comic stories that these are based on, and and just the just the stories more broadly, you miss a lot of the kind of little things that the major fans of the comics really. So so this is just a reality of in the world of uh, the modern world of adaptations that we that we live in and remakes and, and extended universes, right? So but yes, no, definitely it does. You're not you don't get the full effect for sure. Sure, agree, and like, but like I'm saying basic- there's another way to appreciate that wasting like what seems like what seemed like a big reveal and again i haven't watched the show but wait but having the big reveal of the show be a character that is only in like the extended universe and like you have to you have to go through all these 
other channels to even know who this character is. I feel like that's kind of like a waste. Yeah, of a but reveal in a way. yeah, there's only so many times you can bring back Luke Skywalker, though. Yeah, exactly. Which they've already done in a couple movies and the TV show. Like you know, like they run out of things to do, right? And you know, in the um, the last new Star Wars movie, the big reveal was that the bad guy was actually Emperor Palpatine, and that sucked. Yeah, it sucked. Spoiler ass, alert: yeah. if you haven't seen it, it's too late now. Like, yeah. but um, it's too late. People should have seen that. Movie Peter, definitely, definitely. But bringing back Emperor Palpatine was stupid. It was dumb. Like, yeah. why? And they it did that just for that reveal. And and yeah, this is exactly. what this would be my reaction to what you just said, Higgins, which is like, why are you watching these shows as just a reveal after a reveal after a reveal? Like, these shows right. are not a mechanism to deliver big reveals to you now. They kind of are because that's what sells and that's what goes viral and that's what gets people to tweet about it. But I I think you should try to appreciate the shows for the stories that they're telling, not for just the big quote unquote Luke Skywalker moments. And that's difficult, right? But I mean, that's to me what I try what I try to do. I think what they're doing is I mean, a lot of time, a lot of times they're wasting the reveals because the the one that's revealed in in Boba Fett has, like you said, Jeremy, he's 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 all the way throughout those TV shows and they, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but like they kind of are squandering some of those opportunities, right? They're bringing in these characters that have a lot of backstory and and stories to draw from and these deep relationships with the characters you know and love. And then they're just having them around for one episode and either killing them off or you just never hear from them again, right? So I'm I'm worried that it's it's you're kind of wasting some of these stories just because they're going for that next big reveal because they know that's what that's what sells. That's what really disappoints me about about some of that stuff but i don't mind as i said i kind of appreciate being able to go back and read a backstory and get a get a like a secondary uh a, a reveal that oh this is someone that has these relationships and whatever and then you get excited about what they could do in the show and and who they could who bringing those characters in could bring back because they're part of their storyline i mean there's there's still something to appreciate there so um i i liked book of boba fett i i thought that um you know, it definitely wasn't, it almost wasn't its own show. Like, I don't, uh, I don't want to go into spoilers about people, places, and things, but I will say a couple of the episodes were Those just- nouns. Thank you. That's true. Um, a couple of the episodes were just straight up episodes of The Mandalorian. I mean, I, I don't think it's yeah. spoilers at this point to say that because I think it's pretty well known. Um, yeah. It's, it's and, and I think I appreciate them wanting to continue that story and build on that success and, and give people what they want. Uh, uh, but- um, I also feel like it took something away from the story they were trying to tell. And it's a little, it's a little cheap to me. So I had kind of mixed feelings about that, but in general, I thought the show was good and I'm a sucker for fan service. I'll be honest. Like I love, I love all that stuff. And yes, I don't want Luke Skywalker moment after Luke Skywalker moment, but like, I'm okay with a couple. I'm okay with a little bit of that. I'm okay with some pandering. Um, I'm okay with some stretches to connect people and have people be in certain places so they can show up in certain shows. I'm okay with that. Right. I can, I can accept that. Um, so in that way, I think it's it was definitely a, a success. Not sure that they'll bring it back. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they will. I mean, but I think in general the the, the reaction to the show was pretty negative. Oh, really? Yeah, I well, think so. Right. You know, one I of mean, the hard things. One of the hard things that happened is. Higgins sort of to the other end and not to like spend the entire episode talking about this one of the things they did was they brought back an iconic character from the first ones Boba Fett is such like even though he's only on the screen for about five minutes in the original trilogy you know he is the arguably most beloved character one of them of the original Star Wars franchise and there was a huge reaction from people that essentially said that they like 
kind of ruined his character by giving him the backstory that they did. Right. And I can like see that. Having but like, what could they have and done? So, that's like, right, a, that's exactly. a, that's a, you're exactly. doomed. You're, you're fucked no matter what. Right. Right. So the other thing, the options are sort of don't touch it or, or touch it you know, and disappoint other, someone like just dis- right, no, no well, matter what you're going to disappoint. The someone. argument is don't touch it. Or like <laughs> the argument I think people had is that it's Disney was obviously going to make a Boba Fett thing because right. Boba Fett is massively popular. Yep. And so they would get eyes on it, whether it worked or not. You know, I right. had mixed opinions because I actually was one of those people that at the beginning, I was like, oh my God, they're making Boba Fett a wimp. And then by the end, I was like, okay, I see like what this is. And I liked it. Not as much as the Mandalorian, not as much as some of the other extended Star Wars stuff they've done, but I did like it. Yeah, I liked it too. I think it's worth watching. Higgins, I implore you to catch up at some point. Okay. <laughs> okay, easy. <laughs> nice and easy. Um, cool. Okay, what else you got for us? Uh, no, that's it. I think I've taken up enough time. That's okay. been taking up most of my time besides uh, between Always Sunny. Always Sunny is just filling <laughs> in my gaps whenever I have like downtime. That's what I'm watching. And, you know, there's like 2000 episodes of it. So, yeah, Always Sunny. I am due for an Always Sunny rewatch, rewatch too, because that show is just is just so funny. Um, Do you know what oh, I don't recommend doing? What don't you recommend doing? Uh, a Simpsons rewatch. I'm doing something like that right now. And it's getting kind of kind of a. Uh, like cumbersome. To well, where see. are you? Like, where are you in the show? I'm on. You must be season 12, like 13, 14. Yeah, okay. 12, season 12. <laughs> see, for me, I, I like the Simpsons throughout like 14, 15. And then it definitely starts to, starts to dip. I don't think there's any bad Simpsons necessarily, but it's especially, the Simpsons is especially tough because it's so good for so long. And then it mm-hmm. really falls off a cliff and just becomes something else, right? The Simpsons almost becomes it, like, I don't know. I, I I don't want to go too far into this right now because we can really go down a rabbit hole, but like the Simpsons become some, become something else. And you, when you're watching it all the way through, you directly compare the episodes that you just watched within the past couple right. of weeks to the ones that are happening right now. And it's extremely disappointing. So I'm not surprised. I think you should probably just stop. Right. I mean, you should probably well, just. So to what I kind of use it the same way, like Jeremy was just using always sunny is I kind of just throw it on. I don't, I pay attention to maybe like a background. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah it's a background thing for me. I'm, 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 when I say I'm doing a rewatch, like I'm literally putting it on the TV and like doing stuff while it's on. And like, I'll look up in the screen and watch like, you know, five minutes here, f- five minutes there. And then right. go back to my phone or we'll go back to doing something else. So, right. Yeah. I do it because it's a way for me to feel have alive. something that I want to watch, but also I can pass it off as a, cartoon that riley can watch so it's like it's like i'm, I'm like uh cheating the system a little bit is that know? parenting is that that's definitely that- what my parents did with yeah. the simpsons yeah so you're passing parenting. it on to a new generation my mom yeah. hated when we watched the simpsons we my dad and i practically had to watch it like in secret like my mom was in the like, in the in the garage <laughs> <laughs> no we had you this know- little tv that we dragged around to whatever room whatever room <laughs> had the most privacy oh man you know it's such a weird memory for me i like one of my earliest memories that i remember is I was watching The Simpsons with my parents when the news broke that Princess Diana died. And I remember being pissed that they like- <laughs> That they cut away the from Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah, no kidding. And I... my mom started crying and I was like, what is going on? Who is Princess Diana? Whatever. And I was like, I just want to watch The Simpsons. Yeah, I, about. I would be like that today. Like as, as sad as that is, like I would still, I would still- Not like... to go off on a tangent, but like, can you think of any political or or- celebrity i guess 
that you could that you would cry about dying because i honestly can't like i like you, wait you what to, wait what you well, you internalize literally every little what I'm saying that is, dies what I'm you have to like is, call into work but i've never done that once um <laughs> no um i literally is, can't talk about bob saget with you that's not true. We can talk about Bob Saget. It's sad, but I'm not, I'm not going to cry. Um, like I've heard my, you know, my parents and my uncles and aunts and, and any old person in my life talk about the day the Kennedy was shot as right, like, right. And the, and then people talking about the day that princess Diana died. And like, I can't see myself. And maybe it's just cause we've had a, a run, a run of shitty politicians in, in our lifetime that like, I can't think of any figure that I, that I would, that I would, that I would cry about. Like, I would get Wait, you're telling me. You're telling me if Donald Trump choked on a Big Mac tomorrow, <laughs> you wouldn't get a little emotional? You're telling I mean, me I think if, I would get a little emotional. If Kevin James slipped on the ice in Madison Square Garden <laughs> when he was going out to take the celebrity shot and broke his fucking neck, that you wouldn't ball? Jesus. I mean, that's a that's just a sight to think of. He he would have to do a flip to land on the neck. Like that, Dude, would, that would be pretty funny. I that think is, I thought about that. Funny way to die. I think that I thought be, about that, that because is a of King the of Queens episode. I think I'm sure it is. I think I thought about that because of the thing that you either liked or shared on 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 Twitter, Jeremy of um, oh, of Chris Farley. Chris Farley, Farley did, yeah, 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 yeah. It was just fucking. Yeah. We're falling down the stairs. No, the, it's him. He oh. does like a whole he does like a whole bit where he goes out on the ice and like slips and falls and it's oh yeah just fucking chris oh man it's just so fucking funny so everything good. i mean it's he's been, a sad it's a sad tale right would have been but, 58 years old uh, i think three days ago was wow same as uh same as 50 cent <laughs> true oh, um true. okay okay cool uh so god there was one other thing that i wanted to say to jeremy about, no it was about um uh it was about mythic quest but it'll come to me well we can talk about it later either way thank you so, so much it, for- is it just called mythic quest because what isn't it called mythic, called quest, mythic like- quest raven's banquet yeah okay. the first season is called mythic quest raven's oh, banquet the idea is that it that's the name of the expansion that they're releasing oh for the so the second quest season game. is called something else and i think the second season is just called mythic quest. okay okay got it yeah that's interesting um but yeah so uh Lots of good stuff today. Jeremy, thank you for coming on chatting. Uh, thank you for being the bigger man in this in this Higgins Jeremy beef. Um whoa, 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 whoa. we're not gonna talk about marry me. Oh my god, I totally forgot. Okay. I, I was gonna say you made me watch this. Are, this is going long. This so here's yeah, that's okay. That's okay. The people want to hear the people want to hear this. Um, so <laughs> so I had this situation a couple of weeks ago where I was traveling, I was watching a lot of cable TV in hotels, and I was seeing ads for the uh, peacock romantic comedy starring JLo and um, uh, Owen Wilson. Name? Owen Wilson called Marry Me. And I must have watched this ad like 400 times. And there was something about it, like eventually, like after seeing it so many times, I was like, wait a minute, does this look good? Like, should I watch this? And then I knew Jeremy was coming on the podcast. And I said, boys, we need to all watch Marry Me and talk about it. Um, I know we've all watched it. And uh, I got to say that I was completely wrong. Uh, yeah, Mary Me was hot fucking garbage. The movie sucked. It was terrible. Awful. And see, it's, I don't know what I it was like, like. Yeah, go ahead. I feel like it's it had it had it had hope. It had well, pre- right because of the, the cast. I mean, if you think about the cast, like Owen Wilson, Sarah Silverman, uh, the dude who Sam I thought from, was really funny was Sarah Silverman was Sarah Silverman was okay. I think yeah. Sam. I forget his. I don't know the actor's name, but Sam from uh, Game of Thrones was in it, and I think he was actually. The yeah, best, 
yeah, I think he was like the best role, but just in general. Yeah. Oh, so here, God. here's, you know, I'm a big fan of romantic comedy. You're a famous lover of lover, romantic famous comedies. Lover. Famous yeah. lover, dot, 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 of romantic <laughs> comedies. Yep. I, <laughs> okay, I have two major issues with this movie that I think really made it bad. First of all, it wasn't funny at no, all. No, no, not even at a It didn't even try to be funny. Yeah, it like could hardly be classified as a romantic comedy because it wasn't a comedy. Like it wasn't funny. Yeah. Well, all of the best romantic comedies, like if you look back at like the ones from the like late 80s and early 90s, like, you know, Sleepless in Seattle and like, you know, uh, when all Harry those met ones, Sally. when Harry met Sally, like more recently Hitch. Hitch is like a legitimately <laughs> funny movie. Well, like, like even, yeah. Even like the, like something still like, anyone, did you guys ever see Going the Distance with Drew Barrymore and Justin Long? Yes, I did that, see that's that. Just, that's, it's got Charlie Day, uh, Charlie, uh, yeah, Charlie Day. And um, yeah. uh, who the other guy from uh, Ted Lasso? Jason Sudeikis is like as like his best friends. Like they're it's yeah. really funny. So this Even is why if those movies yeah. are bad. They they try right. to be funny. Right. This is why I yeah. thought this might have potential because a good cast. I think what it was was a combination of seeing the commercial so many times and that song, yeah. which just kind of got stuck in my head. Uh, I don't yeah. know. It was just all right. Oh, so part two, garbage. part two of why I thought it was bad. JLo's character was totally unlikable in my opinion because this is what she did. She was like, the plot of the movie is that she's a, like a super, 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 super famous pop star, which JLo is in real life, right? And throughout the movie, she like meets this humble man, Owen Wilson, it's a math teacher. And throughout the movie, this is what she does. She like goes to Owen Wilson's kids' semi-formal dance and she's like, Yes, I am here. Allow me to perform yeah. for you all. And she like, every like five minutes, she's like, yes, I am famous. I'll sign autographs for you. It's not a big deal. I'll do Let you this huge perform. favor of showing up at your kids. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. I, yeah. I, I almost yeah. want to feel like that was intentional. Like, like it was, that was supposed to be like a joke that she was that like, it was. But they don't that really way. address it. The only thing that happens is she learns how to make her own smoothie. Well, that's, and that's like that, her journey. Well, there's another thing that bugged me too is like, they go out of the, their way to, to in the movie to talk about how JLo was raised by a single dad and like she comes from humble beginnings and then all of a sudden she can't do these minute like that she they had the classic like she put like Owen Wilson challenges her to like be more down to earth and like and run her, live her life without all like the, the distractions of like being a celebrity and one of the scenes she it's like the it's like the cliche she like tries to make a milkshake or something and she forgets to put the cap on the blender and the and the shit goes everywhere it's like how dumb are you like you've never like you don't know how to use a blender like you're not you're not a robot you're not that also, famous where you, you can't use a blender yeah the first thing that happens in that challenge is she's locked out of her mansion so right. instead of finding the key she just throws a rock through her window and they go <laughs> in through that and it's like this did not solve her being humble. She's just like, <laughs> I have so much money. I don't fucking care if I just throw yeah. rocks. It's like the opposite. Yeah. Like yeah. So, nothing about it made sense. So I, so the, my takeaway from this, and it's, it, it, it can get into a discussion that we can talk about maybe forever. Is Owen Wilson, the ugliest leading man in, in Hollywood history. Like here's a guy that they, that some, and I love Owen Wilson. I'm not saying this is a knock on Owen Wilson. Um, but, that like he's just not a good looking leading man. That's big right now though. Like, what about like Adam Driver? Know. Adam Driver is way more handsome than Owen Wilson. I don't know. He's I just, just taller. That. 
Yeah. Owen Wilson, I think, is pretty good looking. I mean, this is this obviously is sort of a joke, but Zoolander, he plays the world's most famous supermodel. Uh, like, true. He's true. like he I think Owen Wilson is a good looking dude. I think as he's gotten older, his like weird quirks nose. in space have the gotten, nose um, gotten bigger. Exaggerated a little bit. So he looks a little weirder now than he did before. Low key, like low key funniest part of this movie were when they were posting stuff on like whatever social media platform. And if you read, did you anybody read the comments that were being left oh. by like in a bunch of the comments when they when the when they were talking about Owen Wilson was how ugly he was? And one <laughs> of the comments was like, What's up with this dude's nose? And it was I I saw it like quickly because it went by the screen really fast and I could not stop laughing. That was the funniest part to me with the movie was was that. I I vehemently disagree with this. What about like I mean, he's definitely better looking than like Adam Sandler. And not to mention uh, Kevin yeah. James. Like, there's a lot of, like, okay. leading men. You know, I don't right. want to take any direct shots at you, but, like, but like <laughs> Owen Wilson's pretty good looking. I, I, I think what Higgins might make the argument against Kevin James is that Kevin James looking sort of grotesque is part of is like his, the, the joke. Right. They don't, yeah. like, you know, they like, don't look at, yeah, Kevin James Owen is looked Wilson. at as a sex symbol, whereas Owen Wilson has been pushed for the last, what, 25 years? I guarantee yeah. there are lost souls out there that look at Kevin James like a <laughs> sex symbol. <laughs> Owen Wilson is like an unironic leading man, where Kevin James is an ironic leading right. man. Right, okay, Everyone fair enough, fair weird. enough. But Adam Sandler is the same thing too. He, I mean, he sort of plays a schlub in all of them. I think you know Adam Sandler, when Adam Sandler's not, when he's not a schlub, when he's not like when he's when he doesn't gain weight to play a schlubby guy in a in a movie, when he tries to be, than Owen yeah, I think he's better looking than Owen Wilson. Uh, yeah. No way. You know what the craziest thing about this Marry Me movie was was that uh, it had like a fifty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Dude, I saw that. that. More than fifty percent of critics thought this movie was good. What's this the pop? What's the popcorn thought. symbol? That what's the? I know the the. That's the, like audience that, rating. Yeah, that it was a ninety three. Yeah, I don't get it. So, I don't get it. I don't get it either. Um, another, another thing that I wanted to talk that I that I wrote down was. So obviously it's NBC heavy. So it was Jimmy Fallon heavy when with the talk with the late night talk show. God, they made Jimmy uh, Fallon seem like a fucking dick. Which dude, right? Like, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, okay, Is he purposely being unfunny and dickish, or was that like? how that he he always is and we just don't notice it or people don't draw enough attention to it like Both. he they made first of all they made the jokes that he was saying during the movie like me so bad so not even not even mean but it's like really just not funny they're just like bad jokes yeah and i'm like is that what yeah. i mean i don't, it's, I don't think jimmy when i think funny i don't think jimmy fallon when i think yeah, jimmy fallon i, like I think night- queen latifah's friend right but i feel like <laughs> i feel like it's it's like this though in a lot of movies where they where they show late night um, where they show late night talk show hosts talking about characters in the movie, like where it's like a, a a part of the movie. I feel like it's always not funny. Whereas I don't think like I think Cohen and O'Brien had really funny monologues. I think Jay Leno had really funny monologues. Yeah. I think Wait, Gable- are you are you starting to grasp and come to terms with the fact that late night comedy, late night TV, isn't funny? No, what I'm saying is I feel like in movies like this, for some reason, they make them they purposely make them unfunny. No, but I'm yeah, saying well- just take it one step further. Take it no. one step further. <laughs> but the weird thing that you're saying, Higgins, is another microcosm of why this movie was bad. In the movie, there are some movies where they have like other celebrities. I can't think of what one it is, but there's one movie where um, Conan O'Brien is in it as himself and he's a huge asshole. Yeah. But the joke is that he's a huge asshole. He's like playing a caricature of a famous person that's just a huge asshole as himself. I don't remember what movie that is. I'll have to think about it. He's definitely kind of an asshole when he's portrayed in 30 Rock. 
like when he has right. Yes, on. he does that in Thirty Rock, yeah. but that's like the joke. The joke is that it's a it's right. a caricature of him, and he's in, like that is part of it. He's being a huge asshole, and in this, they definitely either didn't go far enough with making Jimmy Fallon seem like a huge dick. And it also wasn't funny. He just seems like an actual dick. Yeah. Like, it <laughs> yeah. wasn't a joke. Yeah. I don't know. That movie was really bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I apologize. That was, that was my bad. The only, the, and, the only redeeming and, thing about the yeah. movie was the end, the end credits. And anybody, would you guys stick through the end credits? Yeah. When they like showed the real couples talking about when they, yeah, when, they, when they had the real couples who I think were um, either producers or like they were part of the crew uh, talking about how they met their significant others. That was yeah. the only cool part was like watching real people who weren't, you know, <laughs> assholes. Yeah, but they do that. They... That's directly from when Harry met Sally. That literally no, know, but... is the opening credits of when Harry met Sally. Right, so no, they, I know. The and only they, good they thing it... of the movie and they ripped it directly from <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah, um, the movie was not great, and yeah, I no. It, but I guarantee you, and I, I and I, the numbers aren't out yet, and if they are, I haven't seen them. I guarantee you, it does a major, major rating for Peacock. I bet it's like probably. one of those most like well, they, they slammed it. I mean, food. case in point, it was it was all over uh, advertising. I mean, they they yeah. they advertised the yeah. shit out of it. There are commercials with that everywhere. I mean, they really yeah. wanted it to succeed. I will say, you know, we might not be the target audience, the three of us, thirty-something-year-old white dudes, but. I watched it with Ali, who is a huge J-Lo fan and a huge rom-com fan, and she thought it was fucking awful. Too. Yeah, I watched it with Emily yeah. and the same thing. Emily yeah. loves rom-coms, and she, yeah. she she got up and left before the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah Jamie, said, I, Jamie thought it was bad, too. When I said I was going to watch it, Ali was like, oh, my God, a J-Lo rom-com? I thought this day would never come. <laughs> and that you want to watch that. And by the end, we were both like, that movie just sucks so bad. There anyway, was just, that's like, no, there was no, yeah, exactly. The, the, it was, just, there was nothing redeemable. Like there was no funny moments. I can't, there was no standout funny scene. Like Sarah Silverman was funny. It was, was like, okay. But like, she wasn't even, she wasn't enough to even, she was almost trying to be like too, like too wacky sidekick. Yeah, too yeah, wacky yeah. without actually yeah. being funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. It missed that. Like it wasn't enough. There wasn't enough ancillary like side characters like it was just it was very owen wilson owen wilson and j-lo heavy like there was no supporting cast yeah very disappointed i was hoping with the cast that it had, the starring cast that it had that it was it would be a lot better it wasn't um you know that's just you know <laughs> you've got to try new things you gotta <laughs> you gotta expose yourself to new things uh and uh nope not didn't didn't do it but hey you know live and learn right yep. um Cool. Okay. Wow. Good job. Good job, everyone. Uh, so I think that's good. Unless anyone has any final thoughts. Um, I have another thing. Oh, good Ooh. God. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just, I'm just Keep kidding. Keep it going, baby. <laughs> Keep it going. Um, Jeremy, thank you for coming on and and sharing your thoughts on these things and uh, dealing yeah. with Higgins and his kind of uh, attitude towards you. I don't. That doesn't seem right. Uh, Higgins, thank you for keeping your cool with Jeremy here. <laughs> he was turning Uh, bright red throughout the whole episode and uh if you're listening thank you for listening and uh we'll see you next time thanks a lot bye everyone yeah